Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, everybody, welcome back into the early line. Hour number two, I'm Dane, he's Kevin, and today we continue our roster reset. We finished off the NFC South. We go west, young men and women, and we cover today the uh, defending Super Bowl champs as we start the AFC West. We're going to dig into the Kansas City Chiefs. But first, I do have a few news and notes to bounce off you, Kev. And one has to do with your man crush. As soon as I saw this news, I was like, oh, man, Kevin is going to love this. What I'm hearing news out of Chicago, Kevin, is that Nagy and the team are saying, listen, we want to put these quarterbacks on even footing in a truly open competition so both Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles will get reps with the starters and start mm-hmm. preseason games. I mean, Kevin, at this point, this is like the worst-kept secret on earth. Nick Foles is going to be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears in Week 1. I think we're all realizing that Mitchell Trubisky's grip on this job is slipping away, and they're kind of like you know giving you bit by bit of mm-hmm. information so that when the news comes, maybe it doesn't bruise Trubisky's ego too much, but... We know how this story ends, right, Kevin? I believe so. Look, I think that they, I mean, ultimately, you should give Trubisky still a shot, right? Like, if he's going to be on the roster, you give him a good enough shot. Also, don't be stupid, though, and be like, no, this is Trubisky's job. Like, you brought Foles in here for a, a very, very specific reason. And, yes, I would be floored to see any scenario, though, that isn't Foles winning this job. You know, I don't know where you land on Nick Foles as a quarterback talent, right? Like, we've talked about, you know, is this guy top half of the league, whatever it may right. be. And Foles has always been pretty interesting to me because Chip Kelly, right, all the way back, sure. he had, like, the touchdown inter- touchdowns, two interceptions. He had the touchdown interception record, right? And that's, like, a very real thing that happened. Yes. Then he went to the Rams. Everyone's like, oh, this guy's terrible. But one of the things that I learned, and I think a lot of people personally didn't care about because they didn't – they learned it with Goff, but no one cared enough about Foles to go back and, and also right. – like add things up but basically if you play for jeff fisher it doesn't mm-hmm. count it just doesn't count and that's where Foles was terrible so then Foles comes back to philly and granted he had games where he was not great right like i think about a monday nighter against the oakland raiders he didn't have a ton to offer in that spot there even his performance in the game against atlanta was questionable before you know minnesota and then the super bowl but to me i looked at Foles as a guy who could be around an average quarterback in this league. And when he went to Jacksonville, that was part of the reason I was high on Jacksonville. Right. But he goes to Jacksonville, his first play, he throws a 40-yard touchdown to, I think, D.D. Westbrook, gets hurt on the play, and the whole thing's ruined. And now we're here with Foles and a Chicago Bears team that's been looking for a consistent quarterback. And I know, obviously, you know, you've mentioned that you don't believe that this Bears team is all that good. But I'm curious, like, if you had to, you know, kind of ration it off, is Foles you know, 25 or lower? Is he 20 or lower? Like, where does Foles fall on this spectrum for you? So, you know, and and I think it's interesting that you mentioned, like, when he was with Chip Kelly or the change between Fisher to McVay, right? And that sort of thing. And remember how I always describe it. I think there's, like, 10, 12 quarterbacks in this, on the planet, who Mm -hmm. are the guys who are the reason, the leaders, who raise all boats, right? And who who are, who bring your team to being a contender or being a championship. He ain't one of those 12, Kevin, right? So then there's a big group, in my opinion, right, where they could do it if all the other pieces were in place. Great Mm -hmm. coaching or a great defense or, you know, the good scheme, right? And truth be told, I think Foles is like maybe in that group, but sort of, for me, like TBD incomplete grading. Right. Because I haven't seen it in a truly sustained way. I've seen it only as like the coming in like Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of ways where he came in for a stretch of games and can do it. He Mm -hmm. is capable of doing it. But I've never seen him be like the guy and have it be truly successful. You mentioned the Chip Kelly season, the 24 and two. But there are a lot of other things in place there for him to do that. I wonder. I believe he's like kind of interchangeable 
interchangeable with some other guys that may be in the bottom or that tier two. I don't think he's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have paid him, you know, $80 million or whatever it was, but I think he's serviceable. Um, he, I don't think yeah. a contender wants him to be their guy. But I do want to say this, Kev, I look at the Bears starting quarterback for week one. And Nick Foles is now minus 300, okay? If you talk about implied odds, that would coincide with a 75% chance because it's right there at minus 300, okay? So that's three out of every four. Is there a greater than 75% chance in your mind that Nick Foles is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears? Yeah, I think so, And that's a good value, bro. And that's a good value. The implied odds of minus 300 is exactly 75%. So if you think there's a better than three-quarter shot that Nick Foles is under center when they play their season opener, this is a good value bet, Kev. Because I would say, see, one of the things that a guy usually, like Trubisky, has going for him is the room is cheering for him. Yeah. I don't think that's the case anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know if Nagy drafted Trubisky. I'm almost, I'm pretty sure he didn't draft he Trubisky. Well, Pace did, right? right? Pace still the GM, though? No, Pace yeah. did. But I don't know if yeah. Nagy did, right? So, we know, and we know Filippo has his ties to Foles. Even Nagy actually has ties to Foles. And with, with Foles also, by the way, that's part of why I say Foles is in that tier. Because think about it, right? In, in Jacksonville, they had to go get his offensive coordinator. Right. In Chicago, they like it because of the familiarity and the situation. You know, you put Aaron Rodgers or whatever, then it don't matter. We ain't talking about the offensive right. coordinator or the scheme also. With Foles in these situations, we're also talking about the scheme. We're talking about the coordinator. That's more evidence for me about being in that, you know, big time middle group. Right. And I, I think that the thing with Foles is he pretty much has this wild variance where there are games where you're like, He's a top five quarterback. And then there are other games where he's a bottom five quarterback. And I don't know how many other quarterbacks actually can hit those sides of the spectrum with this, like, uh, weird I... – like, the only thing consistent about Foles is his inconsistency. And, like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's real. I mean, he literally the, – the playoff game against the Saints, he did that in a singular game. In the mm-hmm. first half, he was like, wow, and then he basically couldn't – Whatever. I digress with, with all that with Foles. But that's the biggest thing to me that he has going for him. Because even, yes, Pace did draft him. But Pace is also trying to move on at this point. He's the one who brought Foles in. Right. So and it's his the, job on the line eventually, too. That's the thing. I don't necessarily believe that this is a group in Chicago that has reason to believe that everybody should feel like their jobs are super secure. So, right. to me, I, I, that's why I think this is simply a scenario of best quarterbacks going to win out. And the idea of Trubisky beating out Foles is just not one that I can personally see coming through. All right, fair enough. So maybe we can interest you in the minus 300 on Nick Foles. When we come down later on in this show, we're going to find out the best ways to bet the Kansas City Chiefs, right? And listen, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, when this team's all the way at the bottom or all the way at the top, we talk about is it really a value play to do kind of the chalky, obvious thing. I know we're not going to have them going 16-0, and 0, right? We'll talk about it. But one thing, and one player specifically on these Kansas City Chiefs, Kev, that I know we've talked about a lot is the rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? And, you know, I kind of have my damn public take that I loved him at LSU. I saw him as what he's now being talked about as, Mm -hmm. you know, like a Darren Sproles type, a Brian Westbrook type. Hey, um, and I thought he was going to be a beast. He was going to be somebody that I thought I was going to be ahead of the curve on, you know? I thought everyone was going to think rookies of Swift and Taylor and Dobbins and almost forget about Edward Tolaire. Wow. But then he winds up in Kansas City as a pass-catching perfect back in that offense and has the steam and the buzz and the hype gone crazy, including your boy, Eric Bieniemy, one of the coaches of the Chiefs, is really talking Edwards Hilaire up, saying that he is special, saying that he has been focused, working hard, doing the right thing. It sounds like there is a ton of buzz on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, I know you like Eric Bieniemy in terms mm-hmm. of his coaching. Remember, running back himself, he certainly sees a lot in CEH. Um, is the hype going too far on Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Like, how do you value him? I know you've been plugged into college and the draft. You know about him. You know, mm-hmm. give, I'm sure there's like no better landing place, but 
you know, we've talked about this before. Maybe we'll hit it in our diamonds and fugazis, but he's going higher than guys like Todd Gurley, higher than Melvin Gordon, you know, the highest rookie out there. Is he worth all that steam? It's it's tough to say, right? Like the hype that he's getting from the enemy and Reed yeah. is is hype that Brian yeah. West. Right, but the thing is, rolls. Like, they they clearly believe in that by making him a first-round pick the way that they sure. did. But their hype is not one that, A, worries about our fantasy teams, right. and B, it doesn't have to all come through this season. Fair. And that's the biggest thing when we're basically trying to figure this out. See, I'll, I'll tell you this. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes as a top-five back, if not top-three back, next fantasy season. Really? Williams then will probably be gone. You think next year, Clyde Mm -hmm. Edwards-Hilaire may be taken over like a Dalvin Cook or over over an Ezekiel Elliott, potentially? I mean, if I told you that there's going to be a single workhorse back in the Kansas City Chiefs offense— yeah, I mean, I would, I would tell me, I would tell you though, but I also know Mahomes is going to throw for forty-seven hundred yards. It's not like it's a running team, but no, I hear you. I mean, listen, it, it's, it's, it. You're right. It's possible. I just wonder if you know if it's gone too far. Like well, every of the Browns last year. I mean, the well, the, we compare the Chiefs to the Browns. I mean, we're talking yeah. about. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I think it's, I think right now the stuff with Edwards Hilaire that is they don't need him to be the starting running back week one. Right. And this is something that I've tried to ask you about, Mm -hmm. right, with, you know, your experience. I'm worried about the RBBC. I'm worried about the committee. And that's a big reason why I'm worried about this position for Edwards Hilaire. I just think over the course of the season, I expect him to win out. And it's trying to appropriately value what he could potentially be doing in fantasy playoff situations no I, I think that's i think that's a very good point kevin okay and i say this all the time that young rookie backs tend to ascend in the second half of the season happened mm-hmm. with miles sanders right happened with Devin singletary right happened with a bunch of josh jacobs came on you know it, it happens a lot i don't think it you know, I, I don't think you're wrong that it could happen with Edwards Hilaire in Kansas City. I mean, when we keep it going, though, Kev, when we look at these futures markets for the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, how are we going to bet this? You know, they've got um, their win total is like 11 and a half. They're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, Kevin, right? So I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, where you see the value, we were talking about the value on a guy like Nick Foles. Like, where potentially is the value for the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that, the you know, you need them to win 12 games to get to an over. If you think they're going to win the make it to the playoffs, it's minus 850. We'll go hunting for value with the defending Super Bowl champions when we come back. That's what we do. Give you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Come on back. We'll find it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, into the early line on SportsGrid. Today, we shine our spotlight on the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Kevin, Kansas City Chiefs, who helped me cash a futures bet last year. I was holding the Chiefs to win the championship. I made that bet around midseason, as soon as Patrick Mahomes came back. Uh, I think after that week, they lost to Tennessee. Uh, like mm-hmm. eight or nine, week eight, nine or ten, something like that. I got the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at twelve to one and cashed on that one when they were still the third choice in the AFC behind the New England Patriots at that point in time. But I digress. We're looking for futures value for them, and and it's tough here, Kev. Okay, mm-hmm. it's really tough when I tell you a team's win total is eleven and a half, right? And there's juice to the over. <laughs> you know, that's one thing. There are minus eight fifty to make the playoffs. You see it on the screen now. They're a big minus number to win the division, minus 390. And this is because, listen, they're the favorite to win the damn Super Bowl, all right? They're at plus three, uh, excuse me, plus 650 to win the Super Bowl, the favorite at only three to one to win the AFC. 
If you even get into the individual markets, right? Patrick Mahomes, the favorite to lead the league in passing. The yeah. favorite for the MVP award, right? Edward Hilaire, who we just talked about. The second choice to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Tariq Hill, high up on the superlative most receiving yards in the league, right? We're going to talk about Travis Kelsey as the first tight end off the board, probably later on in Diamonds and Fugazi. So how do you play this kind of futures market with the Chiefs, Kev, when we were just talking off air, like... I have Patrick Mahomes as my dynasty quarterback in my biggest home league, and I literally almost vomited when his kneecap, when they like decided to still run him on quarterback sneaks when he was on a bad limb already, you know, in the middle of the season last year. How can you bet an over on this team when we've already talked about how like over 50% of quarterbacks go down at some point in the season? Well, they were 12 and 4 last year, and they were 12 and 4 the year before that. And I don't know how much Week 17 mattered to them in either of those seasons. Yeah. So, but I, th I think they still won Week 17 both years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, that was my rookie game when he came out against the Broncos. No, that's three years ago. Oh, okay. He's now, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true, right? Um, so, two seasons under Mahomes, they've been 12-4. and four. But it's juiced, not a ton of breathing room. Now, I looked up their strength of schedule kind of based on win totals. Okay. And... They were top 10, okay? But that's really interesting to me because one of the things, you know, that I remember is that they go to Baltimore, to Tampa, and to New Orleans. I know that just from, obviously, the schedule. Yeah, they got road trips. Done. So those are some massive road games. But, Dane, like, those games are the difference between, yeah. say, maybe an 11-5 and five season right. and a 14-2 and two type of year. The one thing I will tell you right now is betting them as the AFC favorite or the Super Bowl favorite, I think is a, I think is a little bit of a waste because yeah. the numbers are going to move after that game against Baltimore. Right. And if they lose to Baltimore, you're going to get a better number. And you right. might say to me, oh, well, saying, I waited to get them last year until after they lost to Tennessee that week, right? right. That's when I got what I thought was the best value. And, and some people might say, oh, well, what if they're going to beat Baltimore? Two things for you. One, bet them to do just that. They're right. going to be dogs in that game. They We've will. talked about it. They're going to be dogs in that game. Yes. Bet them to do just that. And you can then still, after the game, bet them, yeah, the price might be different, but think about how much more confidence you'll have in watching them have just beat the Baltimore right. Ravens in Baltimore, knowing that that'll give the Chiefs that inside leg for the number one overall seed. So you're paying for information, but you can also make a profit off of it by betting them that week three against Baltimore. So that right there for me already eliminates that, that type of futures market sure. stuff. So now we're pretty much going to pin down yes, no playoffs. I'm not what about best record in the NFL? That's another one that we've talked about before, right? And it sounds like, um, you know, the Chiefs are obviously um, – in the running for yeah. that one. I'll bring up kind of their odds for that. You know, team with the best regular season record, they are co-favorites with the Baltimore Ravens, right, yeah. at plus 420. And I think that week three game, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but that is the linchpin potentially for this kind of bet with as well, right? Look, and I, but I would, I would say that the value on that bet is Baltimore because as you and I did our research, the I believe we conveyed to, to, to people, Baltimore's favorite in all 16. Right. So... And it's, that includes a game against the Chiefs, which means the Chiefs yep. are not. But also, and I don't talk know, about it because it happens to be Monday night football at home. But yes. Right. Right. And now I don't know if the Chiefs are favored when they travel to Tampa, but they certainly won't be, be favored when they travel to New Orleans. So that's two, if not three games. And that's with me not knowing the rest of their schedule, although there's only a finite amount of times right. that team can't favor. I'll check that. Uh, I'll check that um, Bucks Chiefs game that you're talking yeah. about in a second. But keep on. But I, I, so I think right there, just in terms of best record in the league, I don't know if you're getting appropriate value with them as joint favorites because of the fact that, you know, the, the Ravens are favored in all 16. Like you can't, and I know that that doesn't mean they're going to go 16 and 0, but that again includes a game against the Kansas sure City does. Chiefs, you know? So is it weird to say that one of the best futures bets on the board is going to the Monday night football tab and betting the Chiefs right now as dogs to the Ravens? Interesting. Which all I'm right. not even necessarily but by the way i picked baltimore in this scenario i gave the ravens 
the the home field advantage win. And when we go schedule by schedule, sure. um, like we always do, I'm going to give that game to Baltimore. So, again, like we're penning this down here. Yeah, what's the, your futures bet? By the way, uh, so you know, yes, the Chiefs are road favorites in Tampa when they go. Interesting. How, by how two, two and a half. Less than a field wow. goal. Two and a half. Oh, that's still considerable, though, right? Because if, if yeah. Tampa then were to make the trip, you know, to Kansas City, it's a decent enough swing. Um, so, I mean, how do you how do you skin this cat, bro? Like, yeah. where or do you just – is this a team you just bet game by game? I mean, also, let me – we haven't talked about this much. Um, there's alternate win totals out there as well, okay. right? And so if 11 and a half is too much for you. Yeah. Right for Kansas City, could I interest you in maybe alternate win totals uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? So, for example, you know, if you want to go over nine and a half, that's minus four ninety. Over ten and a half, minus two thirty. You know, you could go as conservative as you want. Would this be a place where maybe the eleven and a half scares you, but you think they get over eight and a half, nine and a half, and you lay heavy juice on it? You know, that's not bad. That's not that's not a bad way to approach this thing, right? So let me ask you to compare the what are their division odds within the to win the AFC West? Yeah, they're uh, minus three ninety to win the division. So they're minus three ninety to win the division. They're minus. And they'd be like say four ninety to go over nine and a half. So I kind of think of everything that you've listed there. It is either over ten and a half. Or for them to win the minus two thirty, just for for reference. Two thirty isn't bad. Twelve and four, both years under Mahomes. They're still one of the best teams in the league. Mm. I mean, I don't know how. You, like I said, I'm not typically somebody that loves to play the bit, you know, the big juicy prices. Right. But would you say this team to be 11, 11 wins or better at minus two thirty, or is still too much juice? for an 11 to teams that need to win 11 football games. It's really tough. I think you're right. I think it's really tough. I, I, I'm looking at the division one also. Yeah. The minus 390, because, you know, then I ain't got to worry about this. They could win the division at 10 and 6 even, you sure. know, um, and, and that could cover me in that way. The other thing I'm interested in, I told you Mahomes is the favorite. He's 5-1 to one to lead the league in passing, even as the favorite. He's 5-1. to one. Now, I know all of these guys can just have big seasons, right? And that doesn't tie into the Chiefs' fortunes as much. That may be another way I skinned the cat, just because they have so many damn weapons. You know what I mean? Um, <sighs> do they have Do they have lead the league in receiving yards? Vision is interesting. They do. And I mentioned Tariq Hill is certainly yeah. on the board there. Uh, yeah. Tariq Hill, though, interesting. He's on the board. But he's the eighth. He's the well. He's tied for the sixth choice. Could you see? Could 15, you see Tyreek Hill? Fifteen leading? to one. Okay, Michael Thomas above him. Julio Jones ahead of him. Chris Godwin ahead of him. D Hop ahead of him. Mike Evans ahead of him. And then he's tied at fifteen to one. He's tied at fifteen to one with Devontae that's, Adams and Kenny Galladay. That's Kenny Galladay. an incredible. First of all, right? You like Tyreek Hill to one to lead the league. Think about this though. I mean, passing. Mahomes is supposed to lead the league in passing. Right, yeah. and Brady has two wide receivers before Mahomes is number one wide receiver. Like yeah, I know Travis Kelsey, a lot more of a fantasy herd, right? Uh, the Chiefs are a lot more of a herd than Tampa. Tampa will be driven by Evans and Godwin. Uh, the you know all of Brady's a, a also, of Brady's passing yards will be Evans and Godwin. Then the chunk of Mahomes's yards that'll be Tariq Hill. I think that's I think that makes sense. No, I I don't I don't think. Okay, I'll put it like this. There's no way that, I, in my opinion, that Mike yeah. Evans and Chris Godwin are, have both higher receiving yards than Tyreek Hill. The both of them? I, because then, because now, and not to pull us back to Tampa Bay, which I know we recently discussed, but then we need to be looking more at Tom Brady for, like, lead to league and passing yards or something like that. Because it's not as if Brady doesn't have yeah. other options. Right there as one of the choices. And, and I think we did, we, we mentioned that a little bit. Um, most regular season passing yards, Brady is right there. Brady is the fifth choice behind only Mahomes, Dak, Matt Ryan, and Phillip Rivers. You know, so it, it yeah. is interesting. I do want to ask you, because we're going to go game by game in a couple of minutes sure. next segment. I did want to ask you, and we've talked so much about Clyde Edwards-Lair. Mm -hmm. What about the rest of their draft? 
low Kev. You know, they get Willie Gay to play inside linebacker. Um, they do get an offensive lineman to help out. They had a kid from TCU, Nyang. Well, I mean, they didn't make a ton of extra picks, and obviously Edward Tolaire is the headline there. Yeah. But I know a lot of people like Willie Gay Jr. out of Mississippi yeah. State. Were there, was there any other picks that you think can help in the short term for 2020? The, the Willie Gay pick is, yeah. is the one because what and they did is take advantage. Now, right? right. They they took advantage of off-field character concerns on a guy that fo- I, fell and probably was closer to a first-round talent. And I think there's an argument to be made that he could be more important to this team year one than maybe a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just because their linebacking core, if there was to be a weakness on this Chiefs roster – that would be the weakness. So Willie Gay can come in uh, and play an immediate role, I think, potentially for this team. Now, I don't know about defensive rookie of the year. I think there's Uh-oh. some other guys that we've identified. But just in terms of mattering, I think he certainly can fit the bill. Yeah, I think they can insert him as kind of a plug-and-play right now. Remember, the Chiefs, as you mentioned, the Chiefs were 26th in the NFL stopping the run. Okay, and they're going to need that, especially, remember, we talked about this, right? Derrick Henry ran on them early in the game. A team like Baltimore that's very run-heavy. I go back to games that they did lose before the Mahomes injury last year. And it was, you know, the Texans went in there and Carlos Hyde had a buck and a touchdown against them. Marlon Mack came in there with Indianapolis, had a buck and a touchdown, right? So they addressed that. Uh, another toy for Steve Spagnolo. I think that is true. Gay could be the guy who comes in and makes an impact right away. When we come back, we're going to go game by game. Kevin's already told you he ain't going to have them going 16 and 0. We have them going 15 1. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into the early line. Today, we're doing the way too early lines. We're doing the roster reset and shining a spotlight on the defending Super Bowl champion, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, Kevin, it's so tough, right? Because we have, like, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, the favorite to win the MVP, the favorite to have the best (laughs) record in the NFL. And it never goes that way. You know what I mean? So while I love the Chiefs, and I think they are a team primed and ready to be kind of a new dynasty, and that's been the talk, right? Like, that the Patriots are kind of handing the baton to Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about Mahomes getting a generational contract when it comes up, and they're already starting to negotiate these are teams that are really hard for me to look at in the futures market because the tendency is to be like up oh, win 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 but you know they're gonna trip up somewhere they just are you know what yeah. I mean? so it's hard to really find find the place where they defecate the mattress kev yeah and look i mean that's the thing though is like the I don't even know if I necessarily will put it in a spot where they, you know, as as you put it, right, defecate yeah, yeah, yeah. the match. Like, they, they've had a weakness for two years in a row, which has been when teams can run the football against them. Okay. And we saw that exploited when okay. the Pats eliminated it from them from the playoffs. We saw that happen with the Texans and the Colts okay. this past season. Um, and we also saw them have to play two games last year with at Mahomes. They actually split them. They beat the Vikings. Um, Good old yeah. Um, so it'll be really, really fascinating just to kind of see how this schedule does roll out for them. The one thing about this team that I'm keeping in mind as we go through this, right, is yeah. I try my best to not have any team ever be 6-0 and in division, mm-hmm. but they own this division. Like Reed's record against this division since he's shown up, and especially since Peyton left, Peyton Manning, by the way, yeah. um, it has just been out of this world. So, I mean, I'll see how the schedule goes and plays out, right? out for it, but like five yeah. and one is almost being generous to the rest of the West. And I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. Every time they play the road division game, mm-hmm. they're coming off at least a mini buy. I'm serious. They're going to be two- Week two is at the Chargers, right? But remember, week one, they got the Thursday night football game, right, to open the season. Week seven, they're at Denver. But week six, they play Thursday night football. Week 11, they're at Vegas. But week 10 is their bye week. You know, so let's find out because I agree with you. Those road division games, I would want to have them trip up somewhere too. 
you know, but it seems to set up nicely for them getting the extended rest. So let's play it out. Week one at home, they raise the banner, national spotlight against the Houston Texans. No problem. That's a dub. Fine. Like I said, week two, off this mini buy at the Chargers, week two. Two and oh. All right. Then is the one you're talking about. Back-to-back road trips. This time they go to Baltimore for Monday Night Football. This is the game that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've all been circling on the schedule, and it sounds like you're giving this one to the Ravens. I am. I'm I'm leaning Baltimore here. Their ability to run the football cannot be understated. Them being at home cannot be uh, understated. And I also, you know, I think back to this game last year in Kansas City. The Chiefs were up big on them at the half. Lamar came back and made it close. I don't think that's a scenario of the Chiefs own the Ravens. I think this could be a situation where these guys flop and home field matters a lot. All right. Fair enough. Can I interest you in another loss, though? Remember, coming at Baltimore, right, on Monday night, something of a shorter week. They do come back home, and it's the Patriots that come on in. No. So this is very funny. Um, But to me, like, this would be a spot where, you know, you'd hope that there'd be a team that could, you know, could the schedule line up, right, to take advantage of them somewhat of a short week. Maybe they're traveling, but they're not traveling. They're getting back home. And I, I just – I don't think that this Patriots team is good enough to be a team that can take advantage of this spot in Kansas City. All right, so you have them 3-1 and one in the first month. And I agree with you, right? With a team like the Chiefs, you're like – you know that there's a limited amount of opponents mm-hmm. that you're going to – you're going to have beat. And then you also need kind of the spot to line up. And it's interesting that when you see some of the opponents, whether that's road division games or the big boys on their schedule, yeah. the spots, the schedule seem to help them. Week five, they stay at home and the Vegas Raiders come to town. You want to give them a division loss eventually? Maybe this is the one. I don't know. Talk to me. Vegas yeah. comes to town. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, look, it's great to try and manufacture a loss, but like the right. Raiders coming to Kansas City is just not the spot. To be mad manufacturing. So you got him four and one. I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I understand what you're talking about, manufacturing the loss, trying to find the loss. I don't have to work too hard if, like, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs are gonna have three losses, right? I think this could be the favorite to be one of them. Week six, short week, Thursday night football at Buffalo. Oh boy. What a good game that is. This is, if you remember when we did our Thursday night them. breakdown. You want one, right, to give them. No, for sure. And Listen. we talked about the Thursday night football. We said this was one of the ones where, yes, it does move the needle, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, here, and part of the reason why I will as well find myself going with Buffalo is Buffalo has a great defense, right? Mm-hmm. Buffalo is a team, despite what people think, a running quarterback. Buffalo is the type of team whose home field should matter. We're talking about a short week here. Want the tables right? and whatnot. I, you know, I think fans may not be able to go to the stadium, but maybe they can still maybe they can still tailgate in oh, the yeah. parking lot and put people. You'll be able to hear them from outside. Chairs, right? Um, by the way, the Bills will be traveling also on that short week. They'll be coming back from uh, Tennessee. That's fine. And I, I mean that's probably Buffalo off a loss. Right. Right. So so you're giving I'm, Buffalo this one. This is a big one. I'm going to give this one to Buffalo. And All what right. is a massive, massive game. So then off the mini buy, back-to-back road games for the Chiefs. Now they travel to Denver here week seven. It's, it's, look, man, read off rest is yeah, almost every true. time going to be the same exact result. Right. I like that. Five and two you have them. Then they come back home after a back-to-back road games, and the J-E-T-S come to town. Sorry for the okay. Jets. Fair. <laughs> Six and two in the first half of the season. They stay home. It's Carolina. No problem. All right. Then the bye week, week mm-hmm. 10. Then they go on the road Sunday night football at Vegas. You don't think you, you don't think I know it's off the bye and Andy. That's what it is, though. That's what it is, though, Dave. If, if, right. it was, if they were coming off the Jets game, it's different. Read off a bye against the team that is tears apart. Yeah, I hear you. All right. We'll give them that one as well. Then maybe, you know, this is an opportunity uh, at Tampa week 12. Remember, they are going to be road favorites by less than the field goal here at Tampa week 12. I remember specifically giving this game to Kansas City when we did this yeah, Tampa, did Tampa recently, Yeah. So, for, so be- yeah, to try and keep it as consistent as possible. Even though this jumps off as a spot that might be nice to back Tampa Bay, there was certainly something within Tampa's schedule. I think it was maybe 
tough games in a row before this was a bye. like straight home game or something like that. Remember, the, yeah, and they're going into their bye. Yeah, it, it lined up well for Tampa. So, but you're still giving it to Kansas City. Yeah, I gave it. I think because because I right. think that it was a situation where Kansas City also or Tampa Bay rather was playing maybe a couple division games in a row. Like they were finally. Yeah. This is the other thing too. You have to. So the late bye is good, but it's bad. This is now the twelfth week in a row that the Bucks have played a game. That's really? taxing, and you're bringing in the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. All right, but you're giving it still to them. Uh, the next week, again, Sunday night football, prime time. This time they're home for the prime time game. The Broncos come to town. Yeah. When yep. you've got the Chiefs at ten and two. Entering the final stretch of the season. Let's see if there's any other losses on their schedule. Week 14, they are at the Dolphins, which will likely be Tua by this point. Yeah, that's a fun game. But, you know, that is very ironically enough, right? That's the spot of a slip. Because if be. I'm not mistaken, does that's that That's right. With them going to New Orleans? It sure does. So. Sure does. I, let's put it this way. They're not going to win both of these road games back-to-back, okay? After Denver, right, in week 13, they're at Miami and then at New Orleans. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know think I have them losing that, that Saints game. I you have do? them losing that Saints game. All right. So, I have the Saints beat them. so that's, like, for me. But I think that they still could lose both of those. Like, that's – like, I'm going to give it to the Chiefs in this little, little thing we're playing. That's the bump in the road, potentially. Yeah. Like, but you're going to have them going one and one in that stretch, yeah. beating Miami, yeah. losing the Saints? But All right, that's fair a enough. Spot to remember, kind of. Okay, they finish the season at home, back-to-back weeks. At this point, they would be eleven and three. Okay, so but remember, one of the things you mentioned was like the week seventeen game and stuff. Um, there's only one bye. Remember, okay. So the idea of competition at the very top, week seventeen resting and that sort of thing. I don't know where you would have Baltimore or you know other teams that we have. Um, you didn't have anybody in the AFC South going this kind of level of wins, so be contending with them. I don't remember what you had Baltimore going. Baltimore ended up like 11 and 5. All right, so you would have probably the Chiefs in the driver's seat right now because they're already at 11 wins. Their Mm -hmm. last two, they're at home. The Falcons come to town, and then the Chargers come to town. Yeah, I'm going to have them getting both of them. Okay. Um, So so that's 13 and 3. You got them 13 and 3. I think you had the Bucks 13 and 3 in the NFC. I believe, I don't remember Baltimore, and to be quite honest, we might have still been going with Joe Ranieri back in the day when we did Baltimore game by game. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so we I, did Baltimore. We okay, did Baltimore. Happened, you didn't have Baltimore, what, Baltimore was 11 and 5. Now, part of me wonders, you know, was I trying to find more losses then versus now? Whatever. Like, I think I might have had Baltimore losing to Kansas City when we did that. You know what I mean? So now all of a sudden, Baltimore's 12 and 4. Like, you know, it's. To, sure. I know, it's a moving puzzle. I understand as we go through this, there's going to be some inconsistencies. It's, it's very hard. But now that you have the Chiefs and you've seen kind of the rhythm of their schedule, yeah, which is really the biggest reason why we do this, right? right. Uh, you have them going 13-3. and three. Now I ask you, 11.5 win total, uh, winning the AFC by your picture so far – unless you have something like New England or Buffalo really surprising. And we do have Buffalo beating Kansas City yeah. here. Right? So I don't know if you have Buffalo getting a 13, but if you do, they would have a tiebreaker with Kansas City. But we'll get to that. Um, at 13-3, and three, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. If the Chiefs are 13-3 and three in the win, and, and the one seed, Patty Mahomes could win MVP. Absolutely. Very, very easily, Patty oh Mahomes. God, of course. And at 380, right, you have the Chiefs going 13-3. and three. I think... I think Mahomes MVP is an interesting futures bet then. I, I absolutely think look, Mahomes won MVP even if not, because he couldn't he, he might throw for 50 touchdowns. He's Patrick Mahomes. Because here's the other thing. I think the top of the NFC is gonna be a little bit more jumbled. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the Niners have an MVP on the roster. I don't uh, I think that the Drew Brees scenario is I up think in that's the not, air. I think the Drew Brees one is a valid thing because yeah. there's also nostalgia piece for Breeze. But also, Breeze isn't at the point anymore in his career where he's going to be able to outproduce Mahomes. So it would be more of a nostalgia victory. So that's up in the air. The Saints sitting there at 12-4 and and the one seed in the NFC and Breeze like set some new record. Uh, It's possible. It's It's, it's, like every throw. 
I know, exactly. So it's very interesting. I'm going to push you on your bet now that we have the Chiefs schedule and them going 13-3. and three, And then we discuss, listen, if this is such a dynamic offense, are there any Fugazis out here? We'll cover that and tie a bow in the Kansas City Chiefs when we come back. That's what we do, give you the edge. Today it's on the Chiefs here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in. It's the early line here on SportsGrid. Try to tie a bow and look ahead to how to make some money on the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and it's kind of tough. You know, we're talking about the Super Bowl favorites. Kevin has them as 13-3, and three, which is tied for the best record in the NFL. We all talk about the MVP candidacy of someone like Patrick Mahomes. You know, yeah. so now that we've had, we've gone through the exercise, Kev, how are you trying to bet the Chiefs' futures? Could it be the division? Could it be Patty Mahomes? How are you trying to, uh, you know, skin the cat? I'm not betting that win total because you might say, oh, there's enough of a gap. It's not for okay. me. So you have to look at this, the way things played out. One, they went unbeaten in division, which is yep. plausible. I feel fine about how I did that. Okay, there wasn't a lot of the division games. They're all off their mini buys. It's right, weird. Like, which is craziness. It worked out for them nicely. But 6-0 in division is still always a tough thing, right? Yeah. Also, they were unbeaten at home. Whenever you right. have any team going unbeaten in any kind of spot, it's dangerous. And then you look at the road trips, right? Like we identified the at Miami trip as a weird sandwich spot, right? right. But there's also at Tampa, yep. right? So is it at Tampa, at Miami, at New Orleans? No, there's home for Denver on Sunday night football in between. Okay, sure. But, but still, like at New Orleans, at Tampa, at Baltimore, at Buffalo short week. Yeah. Those are four games. Now, we know that they were, you know, like, them, they're probably favored in, in Buffalo, and, and we the said point, they're favored yeah. in Tampa. But those are still tight, tight games. Absolutely. And yes, maybe they're 4-0, and they're the best team in the world, and they're 16-0, and Mahomes is MVP, and that's all glorious and great. But that's very difficult for me, because if they lose all four of those games, which is plausible, and then they let one in division slip, they're 11-5. Just like yeah. that, they're 11-5, and that's an under. So that's why I think for me – it's a team whose win total I can't touch. I agree with you, though. I think the Mahomes bet at that plus money is more than fair because if he's going to go out there and give us a full 16 That's and right. lead the league in touchdowns like he's probably going That's to right. and lead the league in passing yards like he's probably going to, like all he pretty much needs, this is a good question, right? Is MVP going to be decided week three on Monday Night Football? You know, I thought about that also. <laughs> like, I thought I about that, that also, right? Because we talk about that like in college with a Heisman, yeah, right? When they play each other. Uh -huh. I, I get that. It's I, eliminated, basically, then. I should so maybe. That, that is possible. I think, I guess here I have the caveat. The person I actually believe is the best value in the MVP race is someone we haven't covered yet. And so if you view Mahomes and Lamar as kind of like a two horse race, sure. Uh, but I don't. My actual play is someone we haven't gotten to. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. Um, but what I might do is play Mahomes and someone else in the MVP market. You know, it's like getting two teams as a future bet. I might take yeah. Mahomes and someone who, by the way, will have higher odds, right? I might do it that way. I'll tell you the guy I'm thinking about, you know, maybe uh, in the next week or so uh, when we're going through our teams. But in any event, here's what I want to ask you, though. We have a lot of talk about Mahomes. Is Mahomes going to be on any of your fantasy teams? Because, like, you're to, to pay the price, you're going to have to yeah. pay. So to where's he going? Well, he's QB2 behind only Lamar. Okay, um, and so to get him in most leagues, and I know in industry leagues, we talk about waiting on quarterback, and I still believe that's a viable strategy. I mm -hmm. still believe it, right? But in two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues or home leagues, if you want Mahomes, you need to spend your first or second round pick on him, period. Oh, yeah. Period. Right? So is he going to be a guy who's on a lot of your teams or not? If you're playing 2QB, if you're playing super flex, he could be 1-1. So that's yeah. that's just what it is, right? So we're kind of, you know, gonna spend that capital for him. I mean, if I was, if if I'm in a two quarterback league, sure. Now your best scenario is play a two quarterback league with people who don't really understand the two quarterback leagues 
and then get him at the back end of the second, something like that, right? Like that's your best scenario. Um, would I would I grab Mahomes this year though in a regular under regular circumstances? You know it's tough, Dane, because a lot of times, man, when a guy has the kind of season that he does, yeah, that team's always really damn good. I hear always, and this is tough. Let's frame it this way, though. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sure. No, I was no, I was gonna add. I was gonna let me add this caveat: is that the year he threw the fifty touchdowns, five thousand yards, every single team that had him won because they got him in like the fifteenth round. And, this, right. and Lamar this year wasn't 15th round, but he was still significantly later. Right. And that's kind of the He's problem. Winner. That's right. Because you're spending that draft capital to get him. Yeah, no, that's the – like, and that's almost why, to me, I might find myself playing far more DFS this year than season long. Because basically, seasons – sometimes you will see a season decided by the guy that waited on quarterback and then took a quarterback that ended up being worth that a first-round pick. Right, that happened to pop. That's why I say all the time, I'm going to wait, and then I'm going to go back-to-back, quarterback and quarterback. And what I do is safe and upside, right? So I'm going to take a shot on one of those guys who could be exactly what you said. Yeah, you know what I mean? Outperform it, and that's my path to victory. But then I back it up with the safe so that if that guy defecates the mattress, I yeah. still have a Philip Rivers, a Matthew Stafford, the safe guy that I can get week to week. I'll tell you, this year, that kind of upside play for me is going to be like a Josh Allen. You know, it's going to be like a Daniel Jones, a Baker Mayfield, a Kyler Murray, you know, someone who could pop and get to that level. The way I wanted to frame it, though, for you is, okay, mm-hmm. Mahomes is going as a top three quarterback. Uh, Kelsey is going as a top three tight end. <laughs> Dariq Hill is going as a top three wide out. Of those, which are you most likely to spend the draft capital necessary to secure one of those Chiefs? I think after my experience last year with having some of the top tight ends, yeah. unless he's going in like round one, early round two, is probably Kelsey. And he might be, though. But that's Especially the thing. We talked about Scotty Fish, where it's 1.5 receptions. Sure. You know, for the tight end. Sure. I understand that. But I hear you. You're going to want to lock in the week to week advantage at tight end. I'm going to try and, if I can, grab myself one of these top five tight ends and more so, ideally, top three tight ends. With that being said, Tyreek Hill to me is an option. There's a world where Tyreek could be wide receiver one. And sure. he's going as a top five wide out. So Tyreek is just naturally the guy that I'm most willing to draft. Because the other two are at positions that are, like, there's no, like, yeah, I like to wait on my wide receivers. Like, right. You can <laughs> say I prefer to take running back early. But sure. if you're on the board in the middle of round two and Tyreek's weirdly there, you're not going to be like, ah, I'm an RBRB guy. No, you're going to just take Tyreek Hill. I buy that. Yeah, and so I, I agree with you, though, that Kelsey's the one I would more spend the draft capital on. And it's, you know, we talk about it all the time, Kevin. It's supply and demand. Right. And so we talk, you're right. I'm not waiting on wide receiver, but we've talked about this a lot. You know, the kind of quality you can still get, you know, and say wideouts 10 through 20 um, are different than the drop off after the top, you know, call it three, maybe call it four tight ends that are out there. Let me give you a diamond in the rough for me for the Kansas City Chiefs, Kevin. You know, like you say, we've been doing the show for a while. So maybe you can figure out where I am going to go. I, I, it's going to be Damian Williams for me, Kev. It's gonna, I mean, because this is the thing. Like, and we've talked about this before. When you have this herd idea, and I believe that specifically Edwards Hilaire is getting pushed up way too far, in my opinion, I don't think this is a three-down workhorse environment. I just don't. Okay, Damian Williams is still there. Uh, they brought in DeAndre Washington. You know, I, they still made other moves. I do believe this is going to be something of a committee. And in that situation, don't give me the top of the committee. Give me the bottom of it. And when I see Damian Williams, you know, the hero of the Super Bowl, someone who has experience in that scheme, going as below a flex play, going as running back 39, um, you know, behind J.K. Dobbins, behind behind Philip Lindsay, behind Keyshawn Vaughn, behind Kerryon Johnson, guys that are the B-side potentially of other timeshares that I think are worse offenses, right? Um, I'll take Damian Williams. I know he can get it done in this offense. It seems like everyone is so in love with Hilaire that they're completely forgetting about the rest of the committee. I'll take Damian Williams going outside of flex territory. So the question then I have for you is twofold is one, 
if you draft Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which I know you know you feel like you mo- likely won't, but for say others who will, and maybe you know you'll find yourself in a spot where you end up having but yeah, no yeah, choice. Yeah. Do you draft Damian Williams? Do you find yourself feeling obligated to make sure that you have Damian as well? Because there's a far enough gap where it's not like because you know sometimes where you have to take a cuff and it's like ah it's two picks for the price of yeah. one pick, where. There's a decent enough gap there because the other part of the question is: Are could both of these guys be fantasy viable at the yes. same time? They can. This could be the Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler, right? They they're both mm-hmm. fantasy viable. I buy that because it's the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd be more inclined to do it. Yeah. But then I'm also kind of hoping for an injury or hoping for one of them to emerge. But my problem is, let's say I get Damian Williams and I get Edward Hilaire and DeAndre Washington pops. You know, or someone else becomes. Is that the realistic, guy. though? I is that realistic? Here's what I'll say. Last I know year, you like that DeAndre Washington went to Texas. I do like it, but that's not that. That's not what I'm saying. But here's the thing. Last year, in one of my leagues, you know, I was like, "Ooh, Pittsburgh wideout two is gonna be viable." So, and it was lower down in my draft. Okay, I wasn't filling starting spots anymore, and I went James Washington and Dante Moncrief back to back. Right, being like, "Ooh." I'm going to wind up with Steelers wide out too, and I'm going to be happy with that being my wide out four. And then guess what? Deontay Johnson became the number two wide out, really, in Kansas City. I mean, in Pittsburgh. So the idea you could still get burned there, but I, I see where you're going. But on its face, even without Edward Tolaire, I, I think I'd just rather having Damian Williams solely as like my RB, as my fourth running back on my roster, and then know that he has a path to outperform that. So for me, Damian Williams is a diamond in the rough. What say you? You got a diamond or a Fugazi here? I know it's hard to find Fugazis with the Chiefs. I think Miko Hardman is probably going to be the guy who I could see being the darling of a lot of people's eyes. Now, again, I'd, I'd be curious his ADP versus Sammy Watkins' ADP. Sure, I'll bring that up. Because Sammy's the one who's had the pedigree forever. But so Sammy is number two, right? Yeah, but so keep going. Sammy has pissed people off forever, although he was incredibly kind to me during the Super Bowl. Uh, his his, yeah. uh, his props came Trump in nicely. Um, but Miko Hardman is a guy that people are going to want to be excited about. I'm curious the comparison. They're almost back to back. One is 54 and one is 56. I'll take both, though. I'll take both. Now, they're not – because it, be, it would be disingenuous That's to call like them – wide out 4-5 territory. Right. It would be disingenuous to call either guy wide out 2 – because of Kelsey, Kelsey. Right? Do, right? But in terms, but I also think they could both just be viable options. You'll have to play your matchups, of course, but you're talking about what? Wide receiver, you said what, four or five range? Yeah, 54 and 56. So if you do what we do, right, uh, 12 in a league times four gets you to 48. You know, and so, you know, it's rough on the edges when you wide get to the back end five, there. So like, your fifth wide receiver or your fourth wide receiver, roughly. I mean, let me ask you this. If we believe Hill and Kelsey, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think Edwards Hilaire gets more targets than one of these guys? Possibly, but maybe because of the split. You know, because so Damien's best asset is also catching balls. Right. As so we have running- four seconds left. Give me your diamond here. Hardman or Watkins? I'm going to roll with Watkins because he was good to me in the Super Bowl. All right, fair enough. He can't quit him like Brokeback Mountain. But there you have it. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. We continue to look at this division and see if anybody can beat the Chiefs in the AFC. We'll do that starting tomorrow. This has been another episode of The Early Line, putting the fun and functional sports content. We'll see you tomorrow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.